The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. Welcome back to Tentacle Tuesday. Hmm. I guess it's time for us to peer in again on Miss Kuchma and see what's happening to her body and soul. <laughs> Just be careful whose hand you take, Miss Kuchma. Not everyone has your best interest in mind. And what part will Mr. Hollander now play in all this? Sure, he's stabilized, Alex, and it's neat that he can toast someone with some blue lightning from his hands. But it does you no good if all you do is watch while the cult dismantles everything in its path. <laughs> so, shall we find out what interesting twists and turns we'll encounter tonight as we delve deeper and deeper into the darkness that surrounds us all? <laughs> and a quick reminder before we begin that the story does contain images of graphic violence, child endangerment, and naughty, salty language. <laughs> now, grab your tentacles, your loved ones, and some ice-cold drinks for this hot summer's night as we continue with our story. Chapter 10, Jonah Hollander. Josephine Kuchma rolled over and reached out, trying in vain to grab the wheelchair, trying in vain to grab hold of the man's leg as he pushed past her and rushed towards the freight elevator. All she managed to grab was emptiness, as if she went right through him. She heard the ding of the freight elevator and screamed out to anyone, Someone, please, they have Alex, please, help me. But her voice sounded funny, as if it was out of sync, muddled and tinny. She got up and ran towards the nurse station hoping to get someone's attention, but no one was there. She watched in horror as the men loaded Alex into the elevator. Desperate, she headed behind the desk and went to grab one of the phones. Again. Her hand went through it. She stared at it in disbelief. How? Why? Again, she heard the ding of the elevator and watched as a middle-aged nurse stepped out. She stopped briefly as if seeing Miss Kuchma and then dropped her clipboard. Oh, no! She quickly hit a button on the desk. An alarm sounded and she ran down the hallway towards... Her. Her body was lying unconscious on the floor. A large pool of blood was congealing by her waist. She looked down at herself. There was a large stain on her blouse, but no pain. Am I dead? The nurse didn't hesitate to tear open the blouse, getting a better idea of the wound. It was a vicious cut, and even with immediate tension, it was unlikely that she'd be able to save her. Miss Kuchma stood behind her, aghast as she watched the nurse attend to her. She backed away as several more staff appeared, picking her up and getting her on a gurney. She could hear people giving out orders. A couple armed guards headed towards the freight elevator. She backed away further, frightened. Then, a voice called out from behind her. You're worried about Alex, aren't you? It was a girl, about ten. Her skin was pale and she wore a black dress. Um, yes. Yes, I... 
don't worry, I can take you to her. Really? Miss Kutchmer responded. But she's not in her body. She's trapped. I can take you to her, she said again. But come, quickly. The area around her dimmed somehow as the little girl grabbed her hand, pulling her towards a strange, swirly mass of energy. She's on the other side. We can rescue her and bring her back here. We can save you both. I don't know, Miss Kuchma said. I'm frightened. She felt a strange presence emerge from behind her and began to turn, but the little girl pulled her even harder. Please, we need to hurry. She stepped into the swirling mass. The ding of the freight elevator sounded as if it was underwater. She heard someone shout her name, but couldn't make out the voice. All she could do was fall further into the shadows of the abyss. Jonah Hollander dozed as he listened to the twin heart machine monitors of Alex and Josephine Kuchma. Alex's, although steady, was somehow more mechanical. She was an empty vessel waiting to be filled either by Alex herself or something else. He pondered on the location of her soul. How was it being kept from her? How was it detached in the first place? There were no details, and the only way to find out would be to speak to his old friend. But right now, that was something outside of his control. He needed to stay here, especially after the incident. Although he was sure that there was no way that they weren't already aware of his presence and plotting something. No, he would have to wait. Right now he had to see what he could do for Miss Kuchma. She too was an empty vessel. He tried to reach out to her when he encountered her soul as he exited the elevator, but she seemed drawn away, wandering further and further away from her body. Was it due to all the pain? The pain that she had seen? All the pain that she had been through pounding on her conscience? He wondered. Although... He had caught another faint presence as he carried Alex back to her room. Now he was deeply concerned for Miss Kuchma. Was this really accidental or did someone lead her away? And if she went too far into the labyrinth? He recalled how they used the labyrinth. They forced a soul to go deeper. And the deeper it goes, the more confused and angry it gets. No longer able to find the light that calls to it no longer able to hear or see the truth for what it is. Once they get you inside, they don't want you to leave the labyrinth. Instead, they heighten the sensations of guilt, sorrow, pain, loss, and grief. In a sense, they're seasoning you with those feelings in the hope that you'll despair, becoming a tasty treat for the creatures that feed on such a delicacy, the delicacy of a tainted human soul. And if you escape them, and you go unrescued, the hope is that you continue to twist into something sicker, darker, demonic. With this knowledge, Jonah now needed to continue to reach out. If he could just make contact with her soul, he could go into the labyrinth himself, but that would leave them both unguarded. He thought about calling another old friend into service, but she was still healing, only if things get desperate. A light rap came at the door, calling him out of his meditation. He looked up to see an old black man standing in a lab coat, eyeing him with a curious expression. His eyes and face were kind, lying with the love and concern he showed his patients. Jonah relaxed and leaned back into the chair. Yes, doctor? 
I'm sorry to bother you, sir, but I took over for Dr. Rhinecliff earlier this evening. He had filled me in on the situation involving this girl. And? And, well, I wanted to thank you for saving her as well as her mother. I really don't know how those damn cultists managed to get up here and nearly... Don't worry about it, Doc. He wasn't trying to be rude, but he really didn't have time to get into deep conversations. Um, yes, well, I see, um... The doctor nervously replied. It was clear he was dancing around the elephant in the room, but leading the doctor to the obvious reason he had really come to see him. Well, again, as much as I feel the need to thank you, I must ask you to let me guess. You need an explanation on the dead cultist I left in the garage. I don't mean to trouble you, but yes. I'm sure the police will have a ton of questions for us, and I get it, Doc. He stood up and smiled at the doctor. Doctor... Oh, forgive me. I'm Dr. Victor Kent. Doctor, I'm Jonah. Jonah Hollander. Actually, can you accompany me to the hospital morgue? I need to fill out a detailed report for the police, and it would help if you could explain exactly what you did to them. Doctor, no offense. I really can't leave these ladies. Can we discuss this here? Huh, I understand your concerns, but it will be fine. I can even... What? Post a guard? The doctor looked at him and sighed. I see your point, but... Fine, doctor. I have someone I can ask to watch the girls. He reached into the folds of his robes and pulled something forth from deep within them. At first, the doctor couldn't make out what it was, but it had the same piercing Amerset eyes that Jonah did. At first, they were only slits, and then they popped wide open and gazed deeply at the doctor and started to caw. <coughs> Easy, Maggie, Jonah whispered. A crow? The crow caught again, as if insulted and turned his head away from the doctor. Maggie, don't be impolite. This is a good man and a good doctor. He needs to talk to me, so can you watch over these ladies for me for a bit? Maggie caught again and hopped out of his hands and onto one of the IV poles. You can't be serious. And birds are not permitted in the hospital. Maggie continued to stare intensely at Dr. Kent. The doctor sighed and said, it's just, when you said you had someone to watch over them, I was expecting a person. Easy, Doc. You don't want to offend her. Look, Dr. Kent, I need you to trust me on this. Maggie is special, and if something happens, she will protect them. The doctor sighed. Fine, I don't understand it, but after everything you've done, I'll allow it. He could swear the crow was smirking at him as he left the room and headed towards the elevator. As they passed the nurse's station, the doctor gave the nurse a heads up about the unusual guard. The silent tension between the two grew heavier with each passing moment. It was clear the doctor was way out of his realm and had question after question brewing in his head. As they stepped into the elevator and headed down, Jonah turned to him and said, So, what is it you want to know? Those men. They were... What did you do to them? Well, doctor, I can refocus microwaves being transmitted in the air. I can make it arc like an electric bolt or form it into a wave or a blast. Basically, I cooked them. That's impossible. Doctor, I learned it a very, very long time ago. I could go into the details, but I'm not sure you'd really understand the concept. The elevator stopped at the first floor momentarily as someone was about to get on when a large commotion pulled that person away. Jesus, is that... 
Oh my god, what's happening? Is that the police station? A crowd of people moved swiftly to the front entranceway of the hospital, and Jonah stopped the doors and stepped out. Oh no, the doctor could see by the look on his face that he was deeply troubled by something. Mr. Hollander, what's, what's wrong? Jonah pushed his way through the crowd in time to see a man being placed on a gurney and rushed off to the ER. Another figure wearing a long gray coat and a fedora quickly got back into the beat-up Crown Victoria. With the lights blaring, he raced away before Jonah had a chance to call out to him. He could see a bright glow emanating from uptown, followed by a couple of small explosions. The doctor stopped one of the nurses pushing Detective Donaldson and said, What's going on, nurse? We have multiple lacerations, a deep wound above the right pelvis, possible spinal cord damage, that and probably a concussion. Okay. I'll meet you in the OR, Mr. Hollander. Jonah was gone. He caught a glimpse of him getting back onto the elevator. He had no time for chasing him down. His questions and concerns would have to wait. Right now, he had a man to save in the OR. Moving like a shadow swiftly down the hall, he re-entered the room where Miss Kuchma's body was being cared for. The crow immediately caught a welcome and flapped over to sit on his shoulder. He looked deeply into its eyes both sets glowing as they passed information along. I need you to fly into the labyrinth and retrieve Miss Kuchma's soul for me, he said. I know. I'm sorry. I know you're still healing, but I need to take Alex and go. The cultist will leave Miss Kuchma's body alone if Alex is not here. And I need to find Alex's soul and reunite them immediately. Thank you. He raised his hand parallel to his face and forehead, his thumb touching his temple. A different type of energy began to swirl around his hand, forming into a pool of swirling colors. He moved his hands forward and down towards Miss Kuchma's chest. Her body arched upward to meet his hand and the mass of energy. Sparks like lightning crackled as the mass of energy grew wider. Jonah turned to the crow and said, And Maggie, be careful. Before she was pulled into the labyrinth, I caught a faint presence. She may not be alone. The crow cawed in acknowledgement. Then she took flight and again cawing loudly as she did so and plunged its way into the swirling mass above Miss Kuchma's chest. And with a pop, it disappeared. Now, he said, turning to the girl, still lingering in limbo. He pulled the sheets off of her and frowned. Looking at how she was dressed, he said, Oh, this won't do. Nurse! Moments later, a nurse entered the room. Nurse, the doctor has put this young lady in my care, but I can't take her out like that. Please, dress her. Quickly. I can't let you do that. She's barely breathing on her own. Nurse, I don't have time to argue. A voice came from behind her. Let him do as he needs. It was Dr. Rhinecliffe. Doctor? I've known this man for a long time, and trust me when I say, she'll be safer with him than with us. But doctor... Nurse, I will take full responsibility. Now, do as he asks. Understood. The two left the room as the nurse dressed Alex. I would say it was good to see you again, Jonah, but I can't even stay and talk. We have every possible doctor and nurse available as the firefighters sort through the remains of that police station. Did you have a chance to speak to Detective Stevens? No, doctor. He raced off before I had a chance to talk to him. Well, again, I'm glad you're here. After seeing that girl, I was praying you'd come. 
The nurse popped her head out. She's ready to go out, but I don't see how you're going to be able to take her out of here except in a wheelchair. Nurse, Jonas said with a mischievous smile. Just have a little faith, okay? He re-entered the room and a few minutes later, Alex was standing next to him like a robotic doll. The nurse looked dumbfounded at the pair. How? I'm using some of my spiritual energy as a tow rope. It will tire me, but I can use this method to have her stay with me. Is that a good idea? The doctor said. No, and it's probably part of their plan to make things difficult for me. He noticed a glow around Miss Kuchma. Is that also your handiwork? Yes, I can't explain, but... And he turned to the nurse and said, That woman is to be guarded at all times. Do you understand? She turned to the doctor who just nodded. This was not how things were usually done. This is madness, doctor. I really... Then file a complaint, nurse. Right now, I need you to do as this man says. She stormed off to make arrangements, and the doctor took Jonah's hand. Be safe, my friend. Thank you, doctor. You too. Again, like before, Jonah lifted his hand parallel to his forehead, and again a swirling mass of energy began to appear. He smiled and looked at Alex and said, Let's go. The two stepped into the swirling energy and disappeared. The doctor looked at them as they vanished out of sight and whispered quietly to himself, God be with you. Now, that was unexpected. Wendy's spirit pulling Miss Kuchma down a dangerous path as Finally, Jonah gets into high gear. I wonder where he's off to with Alex. And this crow, this Maggie person, who the hell is she? What connection does she have with Jonah? And can she rescue Miss Kuchma? I'd say we'd find out more next week, but that wouldn't be any fun, would it? <laughs> nope. Instead, we'll see how Miss Hicks is doing. And, of course, we'll return to our beloved hero in Chapter 11. The Captured. <laughs>